Hey everyone, this is Lynn Bartown, and you are listening to the Apex Hour on KSUU Thunder 91.1. In this show, you get more personal time with the guests who visit Southern Utah University from all over, learning more about their stories and opinions beyond their presentations on stage. We will also give you some new music to listen to and hope to turn you on to some new sounds and new genres. You can find us here every Thursday at 3 p.m. on the web at seu.edu slash apex or email us at seuapex at icloud.com. But for now, welcome to this week's show here on Thunder 91.1. Hey everyone, it is a Thursday and it's 3 p.m. and that means it must be the Apex Hour. This is Lynn Vartan, your host for the Apex Hour, and this is again one of our summer editions of the Apex Hour. Normally during the semester, as you know, we're here every week, but now that it's summertime, actually graduation is tomorrow here at Southern Utah University, we're kind of on a bi-weekly format talking to you about all kinds of interesting topics that might be cool for you for the summer. So last time we talked about books and everything that was turning us off turning us on about books for the summer. And so this week, we're delving into our world famous Utah Shakespeare Festival. I'm so excited about the summer season. So I thought I'd reach out to the festival and see if we could have a talk about the season to come. So I'd like to welcome to the stage Tyler Morgan. Well, hello, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. Well, to start, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Well, certainly. First, uh, I'd like to note, as as we get talking about things, I have been here at SUU for a total of two months. So, <laughs> Welcome to Utah. <laughs> well, I've been in Utah, but wow. for Southern Utah. I, okay. I actually came down from up in Davis County, up in Bountiful. Oh, cool. uh, but I've been with the, the Shakespeare Festival for two months. I am the new um, Director of Marketing and Communications uh-huh. with the festival. Congratulations. Um, absolutely happy to be here. Love Cedar City. Love the area. I'm a big outdoor outdoors nut. And so I I couldn't be happier. You couldn't have found a better place. We're so lucky here with our outdoor uh, everything, really. Absolutely. You add to that an outdoor theater and you've got just the the perfect mix for me. Yes. So for anybody who doesn't, isn't familiar with the festival, uh, we have some brand new facilities now only a year old. So this is the second season. This is, they're two years old. So the, the Beverly Center for the Arts Mm -hmm. was, uh, was was open was dedicated in 2016. Oh right. Okay. That was the inaugural season. Mm-hmm. We we also had plays last year. So this will be the third year at the Beverly Center. Mm-hmm. So Great. we're very very excited. And that's so excited. We have and so how many theaters and how many shows? Just give us a little overview. Oh, certainly. Well, the Utah Shakespeare Festival is is very unique in that we are I mean you'll hear in other uh other uh, theater companies' names. Oh, we're the you know the Indiana Repertory Theater right. and so on. And repertory was used to mean the o- overall body of work they a- access. We actually perform in a rotating repertory, which is a very different thing. We actually we bring in all of the actors all at once, and we perform you know six to to eight plays simultaneously in three different venues. Oh, right. So three venues, mm-hmm. six different shows, and all the actors come at the same time. They all come at the same time. Now we do have a a slightly different fall schedule mm-hmm. uh, where we'll we'll add in a, we add in a, a show in the fall, and so the the timing in which some actors come may be a little bit later mm-hmm. for those. But generally, uh, almost all of our almost all of our company members are in multiple productions. Oh, so they're not okay. so you might see the same uh the same actor as a character in one production uh you know and or and in another as well. So so the 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 magic that happens and the amount of work that goes into planning and preparing and scheduling uh for this whole company to, to be able to perform all of these plays simultaneously is is quite amazing. That's the coolest thing. I mean, do you know, and you may not know, how, how do they manage the rehearsal schedule with people? <laughs> I mean, it just seems I'm such an organizational freak that for me to manage this person needing to be in three different places at once is right. crazy. It is. And we, you know, we, um, we, we're trying to embrace technology more at the, at the festival and we use uh, a software called Prepared to help with that. Oh. And what's really neat... Our production, uh, you know, director uh, Becky Merrill, amazing. She handles all of this calendaring of 
of facilities, uh, you know, use for, for rehearsal schedules and everything, as well as the actual um, company members. Oh. Not, but not, and what's important is not just about the actors, it's also all of the crew. Mm-hmm. You've got all the stage crew and the, and the designers and everything. They all have to be scheduled. And she does an absolutely incredible job doing this. I, I've peeked in in her office a couple of times and been absolutely flabbergasted by what she does. I got to check that out. I'm in awe. I love it. I mean, just the pieces at work, you know. So mm. ha- approximately how many actors are involved in a typical summer season? Well, Actors alone, that's a good question. I would say our, our overall company uh-huh. actually swells to about 300 strong total. Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, and there, and what's great is they're, they're going to be here in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. May 14th is our, is, is we're welcoming the entire, um, the entire company. Yeah. Some have already arrived early, particularly our designers and some of our carpenters, right. things like that. They've already arrived, but the, but the whole company will, will be here on May 14th. And we're really excited about that. Do you do kind of, a, is there an opening social or something? As a matter, well, we do for the company. Yeah. So we, we have, we have some meetings. Then we need to go over protocol as the marketing director. I talk about our social media strategy, yeah. things like that. Um, but we have a welcome tent. And so we've got, um, food and, and, uh, and really we want to welcome there, be, welcome them here because it's not just about, uh, having many and many of these actors because we have uh, more equity contracts we have more professional actors that work uh, here at the festival than in any other venue in the state of Utah oh, including right. Pioneer Theater Company and the like um, and so we really want to introduce them also to the amazing place that Southern Utah is and so so in addition to welcoming them to the company we want to welcome them to Cedar City to Iron County and the like and and, and that's we, so we have a, a kind of an opening social I love it. That's so cool. For anybody who doesn't know, can can you tell us a little bit about what an, what it means to be an equity actor? What does that oh, mean? Certainly. By, I mean, many well, people ec- know, but some of our audience might not know what that is. That's a good point. Equity is, is it, so the, the Actors' Equity Association is the union mm-hmm. uh, for professional, um, for theater professionals uh, in America. This will include uh, equity uh Contracts are not only actors, but also directors, uh, stage managers, and the like. All are under this umbrella of equity. And and in order to um, to you know proclaim yourself a professional theater, and and and, and there there are very there are different levels uh, of contracts that you have. I believe this year we've got well over twenty uh, wow. equity contracts yeah. uh, this year across all of our company, which again is is very high for this region, and right. it's. We're really excited because it it really speaks to the level of of the theatrical experience that our audience gets to gets to yeah. participate in. And how how do you know? I mean, is it a, a budgetary thing to find out how many mm. of such things you can get, or do directors say how does it how does that number mm. come to be? I don't if you can share. Well, well, there, obviously budget budgetary issues come come to play. It also is the number of productions that you're doing, oh, right. And determine the levels of the contracts you can actually sign because we sign the contracts with the union itself. Oh, I and see. So there's yeah, it's called a Lort contract. It's it's there, I, I'm not going to get in the weeds yeah, here, yeah, but yeah. basically, um, it's all connected with uh, you know with your overall operations, what you plan to do, and everything that that determine the way that the union has it has the contract set up. So, I see. Well, cool. Yeah. That's all very interesting. And, I was sort of wondering about that. Yeah, and because we're rotating rep, because yeah. the way we do it, we need more. You can have more. That's yeah. so great. Oh my gosh. Well, what about for you on a day to day? What what's kind of your a, a typical day in the life? That's a really good question, seeing as I've only been here two months, and so I don't think I've had a typical day yet, (laughs) to be honest with you. Now, I will say this. Growing up, I I did grow up in northern Utah. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been down here. I've I've experienced the festival as a patron for many years and loved it, just just loved it. Uh, um, A couple of performances in particular stick in my mind. In 2013, I was with one of my daughters at a performance of The Tempest in the middle of an actual tempest, which was absolutely oh. electrifying, literally and uh, and figuratively. That's but, amazing. Yeah, I, I could talk about that production for hours because I just loved it so much. Yeah. But uh, my typical day, I mean, as a marketing director, I'd love to say that it was really glamorous. But to be <laughs> honest, most of what I'm what I've been doing since I arrived has been signing contracts with media partners. I uh, see. We we do a lot of, of partnerships with various uh, media entities for advertising purposes. Uh-huh. Um, um, and usually those contracts are a little bit more complicated because they involve a certain amount of trade. Because there's there's a certain level of sponsorship they provide to us for the actual cash outlay of advertising that mm-hmm. needs to happen. Mm-hmm. 
That's really cool. I mean, so you're kind of doing all the moving and shaking to get the word out. Well, it's kind of funny because Michael Barr, who's our education director, amazing <laughs> man. Well. Yeah. He, I was like, you know Michael well. He is an amazing man and he's fun. I, I, I uh, come in and he started laughing and he's, he's like, Tyler, you're going to have to make us all wear ties. What's going on? And I turned around, I'm like, Michael, I wear a tie so you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's so funny. Which, which is really how I see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the arts. I have a, a large background in the arts, but I also have a very long history in corporate America. Right. And I'm trying to bring to bear a lot of my corporate experience uh-huh. into into this artistic arena to try to uh, really elevate the the level of marketing that the festival is doing so that we can provide the the level of theater that we have in the past and continue and even improve in the future. That's fantastic. Would you say that you have any uh, new strategies or uh, sort of n- new particular visions that you're bringing that you'd like to share? Oh, sure. Yeah, this is uh, this is interesting. I, I I'm happy to to pull back the curtain a little bit. Just you a know, little. See, you know, pay no attention to the man. <laughs> you know, no, actually, I'll the. Modern marketing techniques are all about data-driven marketing. It's oh. about using data in your marketing so you better understand your marketing spend. Traditionally, so much of it has been behavioral spend to where, you know, you're making a lot of suppositions and you are, you know, spending money in different in through different marketing channels. You're trying to target, but the only way that you can really target is by you know, either choosing your channel or that particular media partner you've worked with, whether it's a television or radio or so on, they'll say, they'll tell you our audience is X. And you're like, okay, well, that is the audience I want. And so you go there and you don't have a chance to target further out, you know, within that audience. So really digital marketing um, and social media marketing has drastically changed the face of the way that, that traditional marketing is happening. And a lot of arts organizations, um, that want to continue to do well need to start to adapt to the new digital landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the biggest things we're doing is I actually, for 2018, I cut all of our television spend. Oh, wow. I can't track that. I have no data. To, so so from, from PBS oh. to cable to network, we're not spending any money on actual broadcast television. We, we're see. still doing some radio, but not um, not television. I can't track that. Um, I, and it was one of our biggest line items, right? I see. And wow. I've taken all of that money and applied it directly towards digital and social media marketing that I can track and have complete control over. I can, I can tell exactly how much money was spent towards very specific, very targeted audiences. Yeah. And actually see the results of that because I can, I can follow them all the way back. Right. To a purchase, or what, or in marketing, what we call a conversion. Yeah. Right? So, and and I can understand how this might scare a lot of people at the university, mm-hmm. uh, or in general, because Big Brother is mm-hmm. a real thing when it comes to marketing yeah. um, intelligence. Um, I've, I'm a certified expert in marketing automation systems, Marketo, Pardot, and so on. And the way in which you're tracked um, digitally is unprecedented. I mean, it's, it's Orwellian. Uh-huh. It really is. I see. And in a lot of ways, uh-oh. it really is. Well, uh-oh is, you know, it's like including, I mean, everybody has a wearable, right? You know, yeah. your fitness devices, the amount of information you're providing, you have no idea how much information you're actually providing. Right. It's, they're massive yeah. amounts of information you're actually providing um, to be able to create what's known as a, a persona. Mm-hmm. See, before what you'd have is you'd have a demographic. So, Right. For instance, I would look at somebody's demographics and their psychographics. But what you now have was demographics, psychographics, and actual measurable behavioral data. You put that together and it's called a persona. I see. And so what I'm, what, what we're able to do now is at the festival is we're going to taking all of the years of data that we have on our patrons, putting that in, you know, to a little more sophisticated uh, data modeling uh, systems to be able to determine our actual personas of our targets. Oh, cool. That's- so, so that's that. That's in a rough shell, but basically, our biggest things are more more social media, more digital advertising uh, to really, and ultimately, that's going to also reach a new audience, too, yeah. which is what we're looking for as well. 
It's great to hear the changes and adjustments and the theories and strategies behind it. And I'm mm -hmm. really excited for the festival to be delving into this newer, not new, but just refining their, oh, their way. Us. Yeah, sure. which is great. Cool. Well, I think it's time to take our first musical break. Um, so I'm, I've got some new music for you. Well, some of it's new and some of it's from some familiar suspects. Um, I ran across a, a song that's been recorded by Fiona Apple, but it's actually on a lullaby album. Um, it's the Hopes and Dreams Lullaby Project. And it's kind of interesting to hear her sing a lullaby. So the song is called I Can't Wait to Meet You. And the artist is Fiona Apple. And it's the Hopes and Dreams Lullaby Project. And you are listening to KSUU Thunder 91.1. Gabriela, mommy, love you. I cannot wait to meet you. I am so happy to have you in my life. I can't wait to meet you for the first time. I don't know what I'll do that day. I'll cry and I'll laugh and I'll kiss you I will have you, you will have me The world will be different and All right. Well, welcome back. That was Fiona Apple. And the song is called I Can't Wait to Meet You. And yes, it was actually Fiona Apple. That um, album is called The Hopes and Dreams Lullaby Project. And it's all lullabies, um, you know, by different artists. And that one particularly stuck out uh, to me as being kind of special. You are listening to KSU Thunder 91.1. This is Lynn Vartan. And this is the Apex Hour. I'm in the studio with Tyler Morgan, who is the marketing director for the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Welcome back. Glad to be here. All right. So we talked about you. We talked about new directions in marketing. We talked about mm -hmm. how awesome it actually the festival is and how it really sticks in people's hearts. Um, let's talk about the season. Yeah. If I didn't talk about the product, that'd be a bad marketing director, <laughs> wouldn't I? Yeah. Well, yeah, we definitely should get to the shows. Um, so uh, the first thing is, is that it's, it, it's, it's a lot of Shakespeare, but not 100% Shakespeare. That's right. We, we're um, very adamant that while we do present Shakespeare, we also want to be able to present American classics as well as musical theater. That's a big one. We always have a musical each year. Oh, great. And what is this year's musical? This year's musical is Big River. Oh, cool. Tell me about it. Oh, my. So we're really excited. And really, to talk about Big River, I think we have to talk about the overall theme of the season as oh, well. Oh, great. Um, so... A lot of the this season is about uh, you know the concept of tolerance and the other. Oh, so if you cool. look across across from the Merchant of Venice, mm -hmm. um, you know where you've got you know Shylock and the way he as a foreigner is treated. We actually have the comedy The Foreigner. Oh um, right. You know Big River, um, an Iliad, you know which talks about war and how each side sees the other as as the other and the foreigners and outsiders. Othello. Mm. All of these, all of these shows deal with very, very strong themes of intolerance, of, of you know how do you how do you deal with and how do you not deal with uh, individuals who are different from you, right? Um, and so with Big River, Big River is you know musical set around the story of Huckleberry Finn. Okay. And you know you've got Huck Finn, 
mm-hmm. major character, and you also have, um, you know, Jim. Jim's a runaway slave. This whole story is about Jim running away, right? Getting on the river, heading down the river to try to get to freedom. Okay. You know, and and looking at and thinking and Huck's uh, whole perceptions of Jim as he sees him first as a slave, as a black man, and ultimately as a friend and almost father figure, how that changes throughout the course of the, of the play uh, is, is very important. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful play with incredible music. When was it written? You know, I I'm actually sorry, don't. Yeah. I know, no, that's great. I don't have <laughs> I that, sort of the, just, the year. And, of that. and that's okay. I, we can look it up. I was just sort of curious because if it, you know, ha- when in in that time period, we were just talking about. In fact, on last the last radio show um, with Jason Sander, he happened to be reading Huckleberry Finn. I asked him, "What are you reading right now?" And Huckleberry Finn was the answer. So for those of you who maybe picked up Huckleberry Finn based on last on the last show, you definitely want to check out Big River. Um, which is based off of the uh, Mark Twain classic. It looks like it runs from June 30th to September 1st. Those are the dates of that production. It does. Now, thank thank Google. I, mean, I didn't know I was going to have be have a quiz here. But <laughs> Sorry. 1985 oh, uh, okay. was a Broadway production. It ran for more than a thousand performances. It really is amazing. The music in it, um, you know, I know how much you love music. Bluegrass and country styles. Oh my so it's gosh! Really fun. And where are the musicians? Do you, do you know where the musicians are coming from? Is it a set group? Is it a pit orchestra? Um, it will be. It will be um, a pit orchestra. This is being presented in the Randall Theater. Okay. Um, so, so our musicals are generally in the Randall Theater, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of our indoor theaters, about a little over seven hundred seats. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have an orchestra area mm-hmm. where, oh, the, great. where the musicians will be. All right. So the musical for this season is Big River, based on the Mark Twain story, um, particularly about Huck Finn and Jim. Uh, so definitely be on the lookout for that one. Um, let's get into a few of the Shakespeare shows. Oh, I sure. mean, many people oh, are familiar with The Merchant of Venice, but they are. for anybody who might not be, if you could give us just a, a little taste of, of what that's going to be like. So Merchant of Venice, and it's going to be particularly different this year. Oh. So, so again, in around this whole theme of of tolerance. And I probably can't speak to this as well as our artistic director, Brian Vaughn could, uh-huh. but the casting for this play is also centered around this whole theme of tolerance. Okay, uh, We have uh, chosen for the whole season as well. And it's really hard to do in Shakespeare generally, but when you think about representation and you think about the way that, um, way that, uh, you know, the roles even available in Shakespeare, uh, it's, it's heavily weighted on, on the male side. Right. Uh, our cast this year is is has, that's been cast like our overall com- company. Our cast is almost fifty fifty male female. Great, so and this year the roles of Shylock and Antonio will actually be be performed by females. How? But cool. they will be playing the characters as male. I see. Which is interesting. Some people worry about this, but if you know anything about Shakespeare, you realize that cross dressing is just part of most of his plays. Yeah, I mean, even in the traditional. Uh, the traditional playing of the Merchant of Venice, mm-hmm. Portia is actually cross-dresses as a man. But let's, well, to talk about the the play itself, the play deals with with uh, intolerance, but also deals with the concepts of mercy and justice. You have Antonio, who's a merchant mm-hmm. in Venice, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you have Shylock, who's also a merchant. He's a, very much a moneylender. Well, Antonio, you know, there's a lot of antagonism between the two because of religious differences. Shylock is is a Jew. And Antonio is part of the, the the Christian base in Venice, which is the largest you know largest group. As a Jew, uh, Shylock is considered a foreigner. He's not actually considered an actual citizen of Venice. Right. And this is really important to to remember as the play goes along. Well, Antonio's best friend Bassanio is in love with this woman named Portia, and she, Portia is um, has been constrained by her father's edicts that she can only that she has very specific directions about who she can marry, and they have to pass various tests, tests yeah. you know, and which is an interesting concept in and of yeah. itself. But <clears throat> Antonio goes with Bassanio to help him. You know, he, he passes the test, wins the heart of, of Portia, which is, which is great. But then, but Antonio, um, in, in wanting to increase his, you know, his holdings, his money and his power, he makes a deal with Shylock. He needs to be able to borrow money for these ships that he's sending out. And, Really, the, the, the crisis of the play comes about when those ships sink and he doesn't have the money to pay back because the whole terms of the agreement 
are pretty severe. I don't want to get, I'm not going to give too much away, but the terms of agreement are severe. And this really comes into play about in terms of mercy and justice and what they mean and how they work together and against each other. Mm -hmm. And what's really great is every single production of The Merchant of Venice deals with this play between mercy and justice differently. Right. As a matter of fact. And then that's one of the exciting things about it. But, um, Though back to the casting, yeah. you know, choosing to have uh, having females play these male roles um, adds further weight to the um, to the nature of this conversation of a foreigner, you know, right. and marginalized voices. Yeah. And like I said, I probably can't speak to it as well as 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 Brian or Melinda could. Melinda will be directing. But what's interesting to me is is that you have not only Shylock. I mean, it's one thing just to have Shylock. Um, who's on the one side of the argument, if you will, um, played as a female. But you also have an Antonio, who's on the other side of the argument, also played as female, which I think is a very brave thing to do and yeah. interesting because I think, you know, it plays off of that. It's not, it, this isn't about, the thing is, it's not about gender. It's not about right. anything. It's actually about the story and the characters and the humanity that's brought to it and, and how that, you know, and how that can be highlighted but you know, by a slightly different casting. I think it's it's really exciting, and I hope that everyone has a chance to see this particular production because it's going to be very unique. And it's interesting in our in our um, in our uh, uh, casting announcement, we've already gotten a lot of interesting comments, some some divisive and otherwise. You know that we've tried to respond, saying you know this is about the characters, and this is you know you unfortunately you know with the internet and other things as as polarizing as things can be. This is not meant to be a polarizing production. It's actually, that's almost the point. It's like you're missing the point of why we're doing this. Right, right. That's, I can't wait. That's really exciting. That must be a really tricky aspect of things, especially, uh, you know, in in today's age. I mean, you make these creative decisions about uh, how you Mm. want this uh, show and production to go. And then you put it out there and announce it. And, and you have a, a, an audience that is very dedicated to the festival and comes year after Mm. year after year and probably feels very, uh, uh, emblazoned to speak about. There's a lot of, well, there's a lot of ownership. Um, when you look at a festival like this in Shakespeare, you've got to do a lot of tradition and a lot of new, and this is, this is where the arts, where it's fascinating to me, honestly. And I will tell you, you know, in my role at the festival, as marketing director, I have to I have to take the business side of the argument between the the business necessity and um and the um you know or the artistic side you know right. and what's interesting is is with you know the festival this is our fifty seventh year so uh, you do have yeah. a lot of people very much invested and in, there's a lot of ownership there right and quite honestly there's been a lot of change at the festival from our new facilities to leadership changes and everything yeah. that can leave a lot of people you know even when you are planning for it managing change is difficult yes because people can easily feel that that change is happening to them right rather than that they're a part of that change mm-hmm. and one of the big messages that we are trying to say with this season as with others is is that no we want everyone to belong and be part of that change and part of what we've got coming up yeah and Trying to communicate that, obviously, you know, that's part of what a marketing director has to try and do. Yeah, right. What a great sentiment for the season. I think that's really wonderful. I think so, too. And I think that, you know, we've got the right productions to do that and the right the right people to 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 really pull that off and to, to share that. My job is to really try to share, to take what the amazing things they're doing and really get tell it the out. Story. Tell the story. Tell a story. Yeah. And, um, you know, with... With this really dedicated um, group, you know, we've got we so we have our Engelstadt Theater, which is our open air, you know, yes. summer recreation of the Globe mm-hmm. Theater that we've of course added wonderful things onto. We actually have a proper backstage now and lobby and everything, so it looks really huge. But it, you know, inside it still feels very intimate, which yes. is wonderful. But you've got in, individuals that want to come and they want to see the Shakespeare plays in Elizabethan dress. In there, they want the experience of it being this static snapshot of time, right? Which isn't necessarily conducive to the artistic, you know, you know, vision and, and furthering things forward and ideas and so on, which right. is the artistic process. Mm-hmm. And so we have to find this balance between being able to push, you know, the new to get new ideas out there and back. But really, that's what theater is. It's about creating community and and understanding your community. Speaking to them and helping, you know, they educate us while we educate them. And that's the thing that that's important to note is, is that we don't want this to be a one-way conversation with them where, no, we're going to just 
feed you these plays, but rather we want that kind of, of, of discussion interaction. That sounds great. Well, I think it's time for another musical break. Um, and the next song that I have for you is a song called Baker Lake. Um, and the artist is Sarah Cahoon, and the album is called The Florida String Sessions. So you can check that out. And again, this is the Apex Hour, KSUU Thunder 91.1. Well, welcome back to the Apex Hour. My name is Lynn Vartan. You're listening to KSU Thunder 91.1. Today, we are talking all about Shakespeare. And I'd like to welcome back Tyler Morgan, our marketing director for the Utah Shakespeare Festival. 
I'm happy to be here and talk <laughs> about our festival. All right. Well, let's continue to talk about the festival. We talked about the musical, which is Big River. We talked a little bit about Merchant of Venice. But there are, I think, three other Shakespeare plays, Merry Wives of Windsor, Othello, and Henry the Fifth, Part One. Henry the Sixth. Henry the Sixth, Part One. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, that's fine. Would you like to talk about any one of oh, those yeah. that jumps out or however you'd like to go? Well, The Merry Wives of Windsor is a, is a fun one. That's a fun comedy um, where you've got the legendary character of Sir John Falstaff, who this play was actually written specifically around this character because he was a favorite uh, uh, Shakespearean character for Queen Elizabeth herself. Oh. She absolutely loved Sir John Falstaff and he wrote this play specifically for her. Oh, I didn't know that. This, this ridiculous character. So that's great. So it's, it's just, it's a fun, fun thing where the, the pranks played on this character. It's, it's, it's just fun and delightful. I do want to talk about Othello. Yeah. We've got a few things. This production of Othello is going to be a little different than, than what we've done in the past. Great. Tell me uh, about it. Particularly its setting. Uh, it is in the Ains Theater. Now, the Ains is our studio theater, a black box theater. It seats about 200. So one of the smaller ones. One of the smaller ones. So what you have is, is our Engelstadt, which seats about 900. Right. The Randall Theater seats about 700. And the Ains only seats about 200. Okay. Now, uh, the artist in me loves the fact that Othello is going to be in this small theater because the intimate nature of the villainy that happens in this, uh-huh. this play is incredible. And because, to me, Iago is fascinating. By the way, Iago will be played by our own Brian Vaughn. Oh, great. Which is really, really exciting. That's exciting. And I can't wait. He's, he's growing a beard just for Iago. Yeah, Fantastic. So, it's, it's so our community here will know to be on the lookout for that because we know him mm-hmm. well. Absolutely. Well, Iago, you know, is constantly talking specifically to the audience throughout the play. Right. You know, he's, he's got these monologues that he is talking to the audience. But as the audience, you don't get to talk back to him. You can't say anything to Othello or Desdemona. You can't say anything to them. Right. And so you're this silently complicit uh, partner in Iago's villainy. It's a very uncomfortable situation. It, it's a powerful play, and it's an uncomfortable situation because you are part of Because you're like, wait a minute. I don't want to be on your side. Right. You're making me a part of this. I don't want to be a part of this. That's great. Right? Um, and, it's, and in that sort of intimate setting, it makes it really real. How intense. So it'll be very, it'll be very intense. Now, this is one of Shakespeare's more popular plays. That's what I was going to say. It really Tickets. is. It's, it, the, that, the, this is the issue. Othello is, we've already have many sold out uh, shows already, as well as many that have very limited tickets left. Okay. So we have, what's going to be difficult is, is that we will not be, um, uh, you know, the, the way in which we'll be seating Othello, it's going to be very difficult for people to get tickets, quite honestly. All right. So you've heard it here. You need to get those tickets for Othello now because it's going to be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to get them later in the you, season. You will need to get get the, the tickets now. We're, it's a, it's, we plan on there being many sold-out performances, and we're probably will have to turn people away at the door, um, which is sad. Like I said, the artist in me loves the idea. The marketer in me is like, Ah, I yeah. want to sell more tickets to this thing, right? Right, right. Um, but so, yes, get your tickets now. Call our box office. Get online. Go to bard.org and get get your tickets for Othello now because they will sell out. And just to reemphasize, bard.org is one of the best ways to get tickets or call the ticket office. We definitely would like you to go online. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's self-serve. It's, it's straightforward and easy. Um, if you have special uh, request needs or, or looking for a particular discount, definitely call our box office. We've got some of the best people uh, you know, that, that run our ticket office. Um, in talking about discounts, I do want to talk about our student access card. Absolutely. And, I, and I'd like to talk about that right now because in dealing with Othello, Othello is actually important because Othello is exempted from the student access card I see. Um, program this year. So the student access card, you spend $40 for this card. This, Just $40. 40 bucks for the card <laughs> gives you access to every show except Othello. Okay. Sorry, not, a, not except Othello. And and that's again because of a demand issue. Right. But what you do is is that you know you you um you call the the morning of, and if there are open seats, you you've got a ticket. So and you can go to as many shows, as many times as you want throughout the summer throughout oh, the season with the student amazing. access card. So for forty dollars, and this is with a valid student ID. We we highly recommend. You said graduation is coming up yes. know, tomorrow, right? Yes. As a graduation gift, you can purchase the tickets now, and then you just redeem them as you as you attend. For high school seniors that may be coming to college, you know. If you are here in Cedar 
as a student, and again, any student uh, age, you know, whether it's uh, you know junior high, high school, college, a, a current valid student ID um, will let you use this, the student access card. And you pay forty dollars, pay forty dollars, and then call the morning of whenever mm-hmm. you want to see something. Whenever you want to see something, as many times as you want, as many times as you want, except for Othello. That's amazing! Oh my gosh! So I hope our audience members will take advantage of that. That sounds like an incredible deal. So, and it can be, as you said, high school students, college mm-hmm. students, mi- middle school students, just a valid, right. student, just a valid ID. student ID. And how do they, fi- where do they find that? On the website? Um, for the student access card, you would go to the website and look that up under our discounts. You can definitely call our, our box office as well um, to be able to, to access. Uh, to get a hold of that, but you can either on sale right now. You can purchase them right now. Okay, and it's called the student access. The student card. access card, forty dollars. Great, and the website is a, a great way. But I, I think I also heard that there may be a, a new app coming out. Oh yes, yes. So um, one thing that's really exciting um, is, and it should be within this week, in fact, because we just submitted the app for publishing. Um, but there will be a full feature mobile app for the festival this year. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. And so we can start looking for that as it's it's going in this week, but probably beginning of next week if people want to find it. We yes. Um we're actually going to be we're gonna be there's been a lot of advertising around this, pushing this, letting everybody know that hey, we've got an app now. So so look for the announcements. Look okay, for the announcements great. and once you see those, but it's in for publishing. I um we've already announced that we will have an app at our gala, so I feel comfortable telling you that it will have we will have one and yeah. it will be there. Um we're we're uh, the, what's available in this app is going to be significant. You can, you'll actually be able to purchase tickets to, through the app as well as get all the information you need. All of the, basically everything that would be in the really, in our big thick season brochure, uh-huh. um, calendar, actually daily schedule of events. Cause in addition to the actual shows that we have, you know, Henry the sixth and Mary wives and so on, we have much more in our schedule each day. Right. We've got play orientation starting at nine o'clock almost every day. We have play orientations. We've got, Props or costume workshops. We've got backstage tours. We've got all sorts of things. You can plan with the app. You can actually look through and plan your entire day and your entire trip. That's amazing. So anybody planning to travel to the area right within the app, you can find, oh, I want to check this out today or tomorrow at 11, there's going to be a costume workshop or something. So there's a lot of other things in addition to just going to the productions. Absolutely. And we also, within the app, we've we've set specific tabs uh, for SUU. For SUMA, which is, you know, um, the, the Southern Utah Museum of Art. Um, oh, great. Because, and they will actually, SUMA will have, through this season, they will have an Othello exhibit. Oh, as great. As part of their, throughout the summer as part of their, uh, as part of their offerings, which is, which is really exciting. So all of the locations, mm-hmm. everything will be sorted by tab. You can buy your tickets for th- that evening. So you mm-hmm. really can kind of manage everything you want to do. And there are a few extra features working on. I'm not ready to announce yet, but they're going to make your stay even more fun. But I will, I'll, I'll give you, a, um, one of the ones I'll hand is we're, we're trying to work on some selfie scavenger hunts. Oh my gosh. We want to make this more interactive, a more participatory experience while you're on site at the Beverly Center. Oh my gosh, that sounds really fun. I can't wait. Well, that's exciting. I'll be on the lookout for sure. Well, let's get back to the shows. Um, we've talked about several of the, the Shakespeare shows, but I'm really curious about um, some of the other shows. Mm, you know, right. for example, The Foreigner. Um, that seems like a really interesting and unusual show that maybe a lot of people don't know about. Right. The Foreigner is actually a comedy. It's oh. a great comedy. It's uh, the to give an overall plot, the, the main character is. Um, is very socially awkward or inept, if if you will, and he's to try. He wants to try to have people leave him alone. He just doesn't like dealing with other people, and to deal and I to, understand to do that, that he, sentiment sometimes. <laughs> he he adopts a um you know a persona of being actual foreigner, you know being being Brit, and <laughs> and instead of driving people away, as you can imagine, it does the opposite. Oh, that's so think fantastic. about him having to hide the fact that he's not a foreigner while everybody's fascinated, intrigued by him because he is and so on. And it's, it's a very interesting and individuals that end up that hate him because he's a foreigner. It's all of these things thrown into it's, it, it's just a fun, interesting play. Oh and it's gosh. really, really worth, worth the time. And is that a fairly new show? Uh, no, it's been around for, oh, okay, around great. for a while. That's and, cool. Here I am asking you about dates again. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. Um, <laughs> but that's cool. That mm-hmm. sounds really, um, really interesting and also very funny. Yeah. So it, it, it really fits into our theme 
but it, but deal, it deals with it in a in a lighthearted way that 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 I think sometimes laughter allows us to uh, examine those things just every bit as much as something that's heavier. For sure. Okay, and then how about a couple of these others? Well, oh, the yeah. Iliad, for example, I mean, a familiar story to all, but right. what's this production oh, going to be like? So an Iliad is a one-man show. Oh, it is. And it is Brian Vaughn is doing a one-man show in, as an Iliad. Now, an Iliad is interesting because this one man, the, there's only a couple, there are a few characters in this. The first, the main character is is the poet. Right. If you will. And... It, well, it's not the whole story of the Iliad, you know, is, is, is definitely, um, uh, you know, the story of, 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 you know, Agamemnon and Achilles and so on. And, and I, I had the chance to see, uh, Brian Vaughn, uh, deliver just a snippet of this at our Las Vegas uh, gala. And there's an amazing cadence to it and a rhythm to it that, that really fits in with the style of the piece and, and, you know, Achilles and Agamemnon going back and forth at each other. And then, Brian breaks out of it back to the to the persona of the player of you know of the poet. Wow! And everyone takes a collective gasp and a breath, and it's like if there's a, there's a cadence and a rhythm to it. It's fascinating, and again, it's looking at addressing the whole idea of war. So you have you know you know have this this war going on, and the way in which that forces each side to look at each other and, and deal with each other. It's fascinating. Oh, I had no idea that that was the really the production. I'm in completely transfixed now. That sounds great. And how about, there's a couple of others that I'm mm-hmm. really curious about. Oh, yeah. Pearls in the House and also The Liar. What can you tell me right. about those? So our fall season, so Pearls in the House, we're really excited about. Pearls in the House is a uh, an outcropping of one of our Words Cubed uh, plays. Words Cubed right. is kind of the new, um, the new name for our new play program. So formerly it was known as the New American Playwrights Project. Right, okay. And we changed that to Words Cubed because... Um, rather than just because if you think about words, words, words is a, is is actually a, a, a quote from Shakespeare, right? And, and so with our words cube project last year, you know, the, the we work shows are workshopped and and run through and figured out and um, and and what came about is this pearls in the house, which is exciting. And there's there's going to be some amazing musical. This is about the life of Pearl Bailey, right? And again, we want to talk about intolerance and things like that. I mean, she actually became, you know, she, you know, from from her humble beginning, she became probably one of the, the most popular performers in the White House. Mm-hmm. There were several presidents just loved her music and wanted her there at the White House. So you go, how did she gain that sort of a voice? Right. It's an interesting, uh, you know, story, an interesting journey. Right. That that I think again fits in with our the theme of our of our season really well, but also, you know, just really highlights one of the most amazing performers uh, and musicians in American history. I know. I'm excited for that. Now, so this project was workshop last year. And, and so it's, it was sort of in development. It, it's been in, de- it has been in development for a while and, and workshop. So this is what's exciting. This is the, this is actually the world premiere of it, of it being fully you know, perform. So we're very excited about that. That's exciting. Yeah. I oh. mean, and, and this project, I mean, this, this workshopping uh, play the previous year and then showing it the next year. So there's probably going to be an, another one that's in workshop. And then, I mean, this is something that keeps folding over from year to year. It can, it all depends on what comes out of the I words see. cube. So obviously when you're just like with it's, it's kind of interesting, just like with a new business or a new play, you know, whenever you're workshopping something, some things work really well. Some, some things don't. And what's exciting is when something does click like this does. Yeah. And who participates in this? Do you, is it a specific group or how does that? Um, well, I, I, it's difficult. It, it depends and it changes I see. year, but it, it's basically the festival really supports this whole, whole program. And I know Brian Vaughn is closely associated with it as well as several other of our staff members mm-hmm. help to try to facilitate it. I see. But, but you, but this whole workshop includes the, you know, uh, writers and directors mm-hmm. get together and, 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 and go and go through this process. So it's kind so. of an incubator. It sounds it's like very much. let's incub- see what happens. Yeah. 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 All right. Exactly. Great. And when some people come with very, very distinct ideas and they just want to workshop that idea to get it get it fruition some people come a little more open so that's that's the neat thing neat thing about this but as i said i've been here all of two months and right. so there's a lot that i know there's a lot that i don't know well we appreciate all lot, the knowledge you're bringing there's a lot i don't know that i don't know <laughs> so 
Well, we're so thrilled for all everything that you've brought to us so far today. We have one more show that I'm really curious about. This is also one of the fall shows. So Pearls in the House and The Liar are both fall productions. And this, this The Liar seems kind of playful and fun or something. This is where this gets interesting. So this is one of our fall shows. Um, it is a comedy. So basically, uh, the main character, he cannot tell the truth. But his servant can't lie. <laughs> so it just that just that single premise, right? All of a sudden, you get this incredible uh, um, uh, interplay. Where yeah. that, that, I mean, that's the whole, if you think about that, that's the whole idea of the play, right. back and forth, right. where a man who can't tell the truth, a man who can't lie, all of a sudden, the types of troubles and the problems that come about because of that. That's um, it's, crazy. It's really, I mean, made with this way, it's pretty much a, a, a French farce. You know, yeah, it's, it's a whole. I can't think of any other way to say it than it's a farce. Well, and, that and sounds worth, fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and if you think about it, when you think about trying to balance out a season, uh, you know, you look at uh, an Iliad, well, whether moments to laugh, there are a lot of things to cry. And, you know, Othello is serious and dark. You know, we're being very serious about Merchant of Venice in a lot of ways. Henry the Sixth, Part One, it's a history. The histories are always history. Right. You know? You know, although it's interesting that it's called Henry the Sixth, Part One, it really should be called Joan of Arc. <sighs> it's just, you know, again, it. But you've got all this heavy stuff. You need something light and fun, and we we've got a we've got a fun farce to to you know at the end of our season, which is perfect. Which I think around things out nicely. Well, on that note, I have one more song to play you, and um, this is not on the sunny side of things. Um, we lost one of the great artists, the the Swedish DJ Avicii, um, and just to kind of to honor this, I mean, he's he's now been gone a couple of months, but just to kind of honor him, this is one of his sort of most famous songs, Wake Me Up, and again, this is the Apex Hour, KSUU Thunder 91.1. Feeling my way through the darkness Guided by a beating heart I can't tell where the journey will end But I know where to start They tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me so wake me up when it's all over When I'm wiser and I'm older All this time I was finding myself in love Didn't know I was lost So wake me up when it's all over When I'm wiser and I'm older All this time I was finding myself in love
All right. Well, welcome back to the Apex Hour. This is Lynn Vartan, and we have been talking about Shakespeare. I'm here in the studio with Tyler Morgan and... Um, I told him our last uh, little break for the week is always kind of this, what's turning you on this week? And um, it's that what's making you happy? And it can be anything, really. It's just sort of for uh, everybody to get turned on to new things. So it could be a podcast. It could be a TV show. It could be a movie. It could be a play. It could be anything. So what's turning you on this week? Oh, wow. Well, I'm actually, uh, there's a three book book series that I've been reading that has been really been turning me on. So, oh, cool. And they're all written by the Arbinger Institute, um, oh. which is actually out of Utah. It's out of Farmington, Utah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So the first book is called The Anatomy of Peace or Resolving the Heart of Conflict. The second oh. book is Leadership and Self-Deception. And the third book is The Outward Mindset. And these these books build on each other to talk to really... What it comes down to is is helping us see the humanity in ourselves and each other, oh. and not and not to how we have a tendency to treat others as objects or things. You're an obstacle to to my happiness. You're an obstacle to this. The, you're you're this that the other. When we talk about others, we tend to, to um, dehumanize them. I see. It's easier for us to deal with uh, objects than people. Oh. And what's amazing about this whole book series is it helps you to really delve into. What you can do, and it's very, very practical too, what you can do to really get yourself what they say, to live outside the box that you've put up for yourself. I see. And live in a way where you recognize and appreciate the humanity of everyone, where you're you're, you're not worried about labels. You're not worried about, well, how do I respond or deal with this other individual because they're in this particular group? Because any sort of group label ultimately um, turns someone into a thing and not a person, right? I see. And as well as, and especially like in the workplace as well, yeah. how do I deal with my team? How do I deal with my boss? Everything. Boss isn't a person. Boss is a thing, right? Right. My employee is a thing. How do I recognize their hopes, dreams, problems, issues, and their humanity? Right. And what turns me on about all this is that it's really about the human condition and how we can recognize and accept that in everybody rather than trying to live inside this box where we only recognize our own humanity, our own wants and needs, and everybody else is just either uh, a stepping stone or an obstacle to that, to mm. ourselves. But rather, I mean, it, it, it's really a, an amazing uh, work when you read all three of these because, again, that outward mindset, I'm thinking about others, it leads to service, it leads to caring, it leads to to better communities. So that that's really what's turning me on. Oh, it sounds very interesting. Tell us the title and the author uh, again. So the author is the Arbinger Institute. And okay. this is actually important because rather than it being, it's not about the ego of the writer, it's actually the Institute, oh. which, is, which is fascinating. So it's the anatomy of peace, leadership and self-deception, and the outward mindset. These three books read in order that way are absolutely fabulous. Oh, great. Well, thank you for sharing those. It's always um, our listeners' favorite part of the whole episode. Um, well, just to kind of cap off things, we want to make sure that you know, uh, you know, tickets are on sale for the Shakespeare Festival. Again, you can check out bard.org or definitely call the ticket office. Uh, preview week, so the, the first performances will begin June 28th, and that'll be the preview week. But the official opening uh, dates are July 5th through 7th. That's correct? That's right. And we want to make sure to remind you that that mobile app is coming out. So stay tuned for news on that. And don't forget great gifts for your grads and great gifts for any students. That student access card, um, just $40. And students can see as many shows as they want, as many times as they want throughout the season. So Except Othello. Except Othello. I I, want to make sure we're very clear you're that. absolutely <laughs> right so and then please don't forget get okay. those othello tickets right away yes <laughs> well thank you so much tyler for being here it's been so cool to hear about the summer festival and hear about what's coming up and um and just thanks for your time today well thank you for having me absolutely it's our pleasure all right well we'll be back in a couple of weeks but again thank you so much for being here and listening to the apex hour today Thanks so much for listening to the Apex Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. Come find us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. for more conversations with the visiting guests at Southern Utah University and new music to discover for your next playlist. And in the meantime, we would love to see you at our events on campus. To find out more, check out suu.edu apex or email us at suuapex at icloud.com. 
Until next week, this is Lynn Vartan saying goodbye from the Apex Hour here on Thunder 91.1.